Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking Netflix crackdown. Big game gambling and reduced tax refunds. That's right. Big game gambling. We can't say the Super Bowl. Uh, You just did it. (laughs) <laughs> now we're going to get sued. We can't say Super Bowl gambling. We're we out gotta, of our league. we got to say big game. Uh, now, this is our Friday flight where we are going to talk about some of our favorite headlines from this week that we think you need to be paying attention to. But first, Joel, our newsletter referrals are now live. Okay, so Tuesday, well, uh, we, we just launched... We've had our newsletter going for what, like yeah, eight we, or nine we've months? we've had a newsletter, exactly. But we switched to a new... I basically, instead of MailChimp, now we're using this service called Beehive. Don't give them the details. They don't need to know about like well, the platform. The reason All I'm telling you this... need to know is that like likely it looked different. It looked better. A, it looked better. And there's a reason it looked better. The biggest reason, which I think you're getting to, is that they include referrals. The yeah. ability to refer the newsletter to friends and family. And not only and you that, can always do that. You can always forward it along. Sure, yeah, but yeah. now you can get rewarded for telling your friends about you're in rewards we've got different reward levels whether it's like um, a beer on us or whether it's a pair of how to money socks you can the last level you actually don't tell them don't tell them okay go check it out yeah (laughs) if you want to know what it is a you have to be signed up for the newsletter go to howtomoney.com forward slash newsletter to check that out but then next time you receive a a newsletter there's a link there for your referral hub yeah and that will allow you to to see some of the different offerings there so if you got a few friends or family and you're like i think they would like it well now you're actually incentivized to share that stuff and so the, the actually the first tier but the first yeah, is yeah, you're going to get a it. shout out on the podcast and and four people already this week even though we just started it this week have already reached that first tier and so walter k brendan h brie s and katia n thank you so much for you get a little shout out on the friday flight when yes. when you meet that first tier so yeah all four of them referred the newsletter to at least three folks yeah some of them have actually... They're working towards the next yeah, level yeah, already. Into, again, I'm wondering, did we set the bar too low? No. Should we, 
we want it to be attainable enough, obviously, uh, to where folks are encouraged. We don't want to set the bar too high to where it's like, oh, I'm never going to get there. Right. A million referrals. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. Exactly. Well, okay. So yeah, big thanks to everybody for for being a part of the newsletter. It's again, yes. it's it's thank you, you four. It's free. It comes out every Tuesday, and we, we want we just want to give out good money advice. However, people like to access it. Not everyone likes to listen to podcasts, right? And so some people prefer something landing in their inbox. Give it a quick read every Tuesday morning. So if that's your preference, then yeah, check that out as well. But I also wanted to mention, Matt, uh, just kind of a housekeeping note is there's like a, a fake How to Money Instagram uh, account making mm. the runs right right now. Yeah, a bunch of you listeners know you've have made reached it out. Once, once you start getting some fake accounts, that, I guess that, so. Yeah, it made me to... feel good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I felt bad for our listeners who are getting bombarded with DMs, like telling them, "Oh, you come Would on." Would you like over to here. know about some passive investments that I are going to set you for life? Don't click those links. No, I think everyone listening here knows that. But if you don't mind. Click uh, the link where you are able to report that yeah. fake account. We've already done that, and hopefully Instagram will take that down soon. But, but it, man, normally, it takes a couple days sometimes. Instagram moves so it. slow, and the fact that yeah. they, they still have so many scam and bot accounts on that service is just ridiculous. It's I can't dumb. believe they can't get it under control. So hopefully they get it under control. But yeah, until then, be careful <laughs> when somebody that looks like us reaches out to you. We, we don't reach out and ask for stuff, um, so... Yeah, if they ask for something, ask for your personal information. They're asking for you to participate in their investing scam. Don't do it. But Matt, let's move on. Let's get to the Friday flight. It's a sampling of stories we found interesting this week. And let's start off by talking about Netflix for a second, because I feel like they've been, their announcement about cracking down on password sharing, I guess it was like Friday, uh, like, so after we had already released our Friday flight, that's when we heard the news last Last week. week, But you and I, we haven't touched on it, but they have... For a lo- the longest time, they've encouraged password sharing amongst their customers. In fact, one of their early tweets, I think, was saying that they, they said something like, love is sharing a password. <laughs> they don't feel that way anymore. <laughs> now, they, now they think that you're trying to destroy their bottom line when you share passwords. And so it looks like they're about to institute new rules, cracking down on customers, sharing passwords. And, and this could happen as early as next month. They're currently testing some of these rules in South American countries like Chile and Peru. I think maybe Canada went live too. There's a, there's I think a, Canada went live okay. uh, earlier this week. Earlier this yeah. week, yeah. So they're instituting things like location tracking, which can impact people trying to access their account while they're on the road or on vacation. So how well this is going to actually play out and how annoyed customers are going to get remains to be seen. And I'm not against Netflix updating its terms of service and trying to end some of the password sharing that they used to kind of instigate. Like they can they, they can change their stance on this. They can flip-flop a little bit, but I sure hope they figure out a way to do it without annoying everyone in the process because right now I'm not so sure they're going to be able to pull it off. It looks like, or it seems like it'll be like two-factor authentication, yeah. right? Like where you log in and you receive the text message with the four-digit code and you got to punch that in within a certain amount of time, like that whole thing. Basically, they're trying to make it more annoying for you to have to <laughs> pester whoever it is. <laughs> that's like get on the phone with my mom and be like, hey. Netflix sugar mama or right. sugar daddy. But but, uh, which, honestly, it makes sense because that will probably cause a lot of folks to, to throw in the town and be like, you know what? It's time maybe for me to actually get my own account. Obviously, that's what Netflix is counting on. But, you know, we're always talking about how folks are subscribed to too many of the different subscription services out there. Like we, we live in a world of subscription overload at this point. And if Netflix tries to tell you that you got to pay that bigger monthly fee starting in the near future, Tell them to, to get lost. Tell them to suck it. <laughs> uh, and you can cancel your service with Netflix. Personally, we don't have any hatred for the different streaming companies out there. We like streaming entertainment. 
but they aren't loyal to you and there's no need for you to feel any loyalty to them uh, because you can always resubscribe oftentimes at a discounted rate for (laughs) three to six months down the road if there is a show or if there's a movie that you want to watch on that particular app or that service and then after you watch that when you get through that season you can always cancel again as well to save money agreed so yeah netflix has every right to say we're trying to squeeze more money out of subscribers we want people to pay their fair share we don't like password sharing anymore but then their current subscribers have the ability to revolt and say yep. peace out and <laughs> guess what we've got other options for where to watch stuff and i get you know netflix spent way too much money developing some of their content i, mean, I remember when they released the irishman i still remember how much did it cost it cost hundreds of millions of dollars oh, yeah. to make that movie to anti-age yes all, all those old guys yes which felt <laughs> absurd at the time and but now they're their chickens are coming home to roost they spent too much on some of the content and they've got to figure out a way to pay. Yeah. That being said, I'm still looking to Severance season two. Yeah. Like what, <laughs> whatever that season. Well, Apple raised their price too, right? Apple. Yeah. Basically, we want folks to, to get better at canceling and re-signing up for different services yeah. because like you'll sign up for it, seven it, season it, two you'll pay for a month or two and then yeah, you'll be done again exactly uh and we want that to be a pattern of behavior that yeah. you're able to implement we want it to be something not that you just do once and you completely forget about but that that signing up and that canceling process that we want that dynamic behavior to be a part of uh, how it is that you spend and not spend your money yeah for sure all right one other place where you might go watch something would be in the movie theater uh, not me i don't really watch movies in the movie theater it's been a long time i think i've seen like two movies in the theater in the past like five years but amc announced this week that they're going to be charging more to watch movies the good old-fashioned way in the theater at least if you want seats in the middle of the theater if you want the good ones there is a silver lining to this the good news is that you might actually be able to pay less by sitting in the seats that most folks want to avoid which are mostly the ones right in front of the screens and then the ones off uh, far off to the sides so i guess I, i don't know matt for you would it be worth saving a few bucks in order to have like neck pain because you sat in like first or second row? <laughs> if you're, well, the thing, if you're sitting super close and you can just like lean back and rest your head like on the back of the headrest, I don't know, that, that kind of sounds nice. Yeah. All right. I, I but then sat... I'd likely fall asleep as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't sat that close in a long time. Dude, I don't I, know. I, 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 go, I seen... go so infrequently, I would probably same, pay more to get a decent seat. Same thing. Dude, I mean, you've seen movies more recently than I have. Like the last movie that I went to literally in the theater was when I took the girls to go see Frozen 2, oh. which oh, came yeah, out even... forever ago. Yeah, so. that's right. That was like five years ago or something. Yeah. I mean, so the t- TVs have gotten so nice and the at-home experience. I really like popping some popcorn and making Same. my own Jack and Coke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a pretty nice experience, no, if, you, it if is. you ask me. Honestly, I am okay, though, with the fact that movie theaters, or that AMC specifically, is doing this. Because there, there are some folks who are complaining and they're, they're saying, oh my gosh, yet another industry that is going in the direction of trying to milk every single dollar that they can out of folks. It's, I, I saw, like, movie stars, like, celebrities touting this line basically saying that like no everybody needs to have the right to be able to go to the movie theater pay the same price and uh, <laughs> we all don't have that right already it's so prohibitively expensive it is it is but so like on one hand i think it's totally fine because like we do this when it comes to concerts it's the same when thing it, the airlines it, are doing too like yeah. and i don't mind paying for the getting literally the cheapest seat possible i'm going to california just, in april just to make it happen i'm getting the cheapest seats possible yeah. with my family like and we know what we're trading with the trade-offs that we're making or and like think about like a basketball game if you're going to sit courtside and you want those amazing seats you're gonna you're gonna pay a lot of money like way more than if you're up in the nosebleeds and so i get that i hope that some uh of the different chains though don't implement this because i do 
there's something cool about folks who maybe they don't have as much money and they show up super early as soon as they possibly can. And they stand there, they sit there and they wait in order to score the absolute Mm -hmm. best seats. So as long as there are options out there for folks, I think it can be a a totally cool thing. Agreed. All right. So yeah, we're not mad at you, AMC. Do your thing. Well, let's talk about investing here for a second, Matt. We've got some bad news and some good news on the investing front. Let's let's start with the good news because we're we're optimists. Well, it, this comes from a new Vanguard release, and they they said this week that when the market tanked, starting basically at the beginning of last year, the the majority of investors didn't sell shares, but they actually kept buying them. And so I I saw that and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Kind of kind of shocks me, but I lo- love seeing that. Roughly ninety percent of investors in four hundred one k style retirement plans administered by Vanguard Group maintained or increased their savings rate in 2022. And so, yeah, despite the bear market we experienced, a lot of scary headlines, a lot of predictions of recessions, most people stayed the course. And it's not, again, not just that they didn't sell out of their stock ETFs. They kept contributing more to their accounts, many of them, or, or they kept contributing at least the same pace they had been. And so, yeah, of course, you know, buying when the stock market isn't doing well, it's like buying stocks on sale. And so, yeah, this warmed our, our nerdy personal finance hearts, Matt. That's what we were encouraging people to do last year. Like, don't worry about the headlines. Don't worry about the, the fact that the stock market is taking a dip. This is normal. This isn't something to be worried about. This is a time you're going to be able to actually make more progress towards your you know wealth building goals. And one a part of that is the fact that folks are auto enrolled. The majority of the different plans that Vanguard administers, like the different employers, uh, auto enroll their new hires, their new employees, which is pretty awesome. And yeah. not only that, but the majority of those folks also had automatic increases built in to nice. how much they're setting aside. So every year you're talking about like a 1% increase which is fantastic, right? Without you having to do anything, it just happens in the background. Yeah, yeah. They, they quoted Richard Thaler. He was talking about how these automatic enrollments, are it's kind of like GPS for your finances because we punch in a destination and we set it up, you know, set your phone up there and you just start driving. You don't you don't really think about it. Yeah. It's just a way to make it so much easier. Which is um, why we, we're also worse at, at directions off the top of our head now because oh yeah, we're like, absolutely. <laughs> the GPS just takes me there. I don't even but know. But as long as you've got that GPS, yeah. as long as that continues to be there, then that is no longer a skill that we have to hone and, yeah. and get better at. Uh, we can rely on the essentially the technology to point us in the right direction. Uh, So that was the good news. Let's touch on some investing bad news now. Uh, So Bloomberg, they reported that Beyonce fans are announcing that they're going to be rating their 401ks in order to snag tickets for her upcoming tour. I believe it's the Renaissance tour. So like you don't even know, (laughs) please. I barely know. Uh, but don't take money out of your retirement accounts, folks. Uh, If you really want to go see a once in a lifetime show, uh, I'm sorry, but go make some extra money doing something else, right? Like go drive for Uber <laughs> instead of robbing future you. Hardship withdrawals are becoming easier because of the new Secure Act 2.0 that went into effect recently. But we still want you to avoid making hardship withdrawals like that, like the plague, uh, the tax bill and the 10% penalty, plus not having that money working for your future makes this one of our most hated money choices that you could possibly make. Just sounds to me like you hate Beyonce, dude. I don't hate Beyonce. If it was for Taylor Swift, I bet you'd be telling people to take money out, wouldn't you? You are just putting words in my mouth, <laughs> sir. Uh, but there, there are different folks who have given their opinion that there should be fewer penalties when it comes to taking out uh, money out of your 401k, how it should be easier. Um, but I don't think that's the case either, right? Like there should be, I think the rules should exist. We should be encouraged to not touch that money. But bottom line, folks are using their accounts for the wrong things. Yeah. It's like there's a saving there's another account there's a a savings account or checking account or blow just having cash on hand there are ways for you to uh, handle a purchase like that without 
or, or other things in life, right? Because a lot of those folks will say, well, what about somebody who's lost their job and they need to be able to access their, you know, their funds? And while I totally get it, right, folks should be able to have access to their money, it's the wrong account for the for that job. It's yeah. like saying this chainsaw is terrible at slicing up these tomatoes. And it's like, well, yeah, that's not that's not what it's made for. A chainsaw is made for cutting down a tree. Yeah. What you need is a little paring knife. And again, that's why we talk about the most important thing is to save up that emergency fund before you even start investing. And I think a lot of people, we, we want them to become investors, but they might be starting too soon and they might need to prioritize savings before they start socking away too much money into those retirement accounts because you got to be able to plan for some of those awful potential scenarios. And while we're talking about investing, Matt, let's talk about ESG funds again. We haven't talked about them in a while, but that stands for Environmental Social Governance Funds. And we, we've not been fans of these basically from their inception. And it's not because we're against going green or we're not in favor of making earth-friendly choices. We talked about socially responsible investing in detail, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And, but it's more than just the fees you pay. The, these funds definitely come with higher fees uh, for a re- what is really a remarkably similar product. But uh, ESG is, is so much of it's largely in the eye of the beholder. That's one of the problems we have with it. And just because a fund manager thinks that a company is socially responsible, it doesn't necessarily mean that you do. And for some, they might say, actually, while Apple makes it into a lot of ESG funds, the way they manufacture their phones and who they have making them and where they're making them in the world, maybe they don't. it doesn't feel super responsible to you. So much comes down to who's making the decision and why they're putting that specific company into one of these ESG funds. And longtime investment writer Jason Zweig over at the Wall Street Journal, he took ESG funds to task in his piece uh, this this past week, citing many of the same concerns we had. So I feel like I feel like we're in good company there, Matt, if, if Jason Zweig agrees with us. Totally. Totally agree. Yeah, his his main premise was that like all the green funds don't actually cost three times as much when you look at the baseline fees. They kind of do in reality because an ESG version index fund and a traditional S&P index fund, they often own around 70% of the same holdings. They consist of the same companies. Uh, so what that means is that you're paying quite a bit extra for just a little bit of divergent exposure, right? Like that remaining 30% might be different. And so if you think about it that way, it's like, okay, it's this much more expensive and you are now applying that additional fee to the 30% yeah. difference that you are now experiencing in your and, portfolio. And, and some, some of those ESG funds, they're like 5% different. <laughs> so they, they're they so eerily similar to the regular S&P well, and fund. The, and the performance is so stinking similar yeah. too. Like I forget. And they, they're just branded differently. They've and got they a cost a lot more because they got the brand name with them. Yeah. And they've got this coefficient, right? So if it's like one, the correlation means it's exactly the same. It's something like 0.98. So it's <laughs> yeah. like 98% similar in uh, in its performance as the S&P. And that's because it's made up of all the same stupid companies. So it's made up of all the They're same not stocks. not stupid, please. Come no, on. We're not fans of ESG funds. That's what we're saying here. Uh, and we don't want to beat a dead horse and discuss all the different ways that we think they are inferior. But we really do believe that there are just better ways to make green choices that actually make a difference, right? Like we don't want you necessarily investing in ESG funds. Instead, if you want to promote a certain cause, donate directly to that cause. Yeah. Donate to the different organizations that are going to make a difference uh, in that way. Or uh, if you want, like, buy less stuff, right? Yes. Like the, the, well, there's, that's one of those things too, is oftentimes... Don't, don't buy quote unquote green products. Right. If you care about the planet, just... just buy- 
Less. Consume less in general. Don't replace your hardwood floors with bamboo <laughs> floors because they're more sustainable. Keep your hardwood floors in good condition and keep them around. I mean, the, exactly. Those are all sorts of things that we're, we we want like a to buy a solution, but that's not the way we actually make progress. But so. we've been trained up to think that consumption is the solution to everything. You just have to consume right. in the right way. And so consume these new ESG funds. They're going to cost you more money and they're going to rob future you no, no, of, no. of some returns. And we just want you to avoid that. Because in reality, you're just going to, yeah, you're lining the pockets of those fund managers or the those different brokerages as opposed to that additional money, that additional cost that you're experiencing going towards actual companies that you yep. care about. Yep. Um, All right. so hey, yeah. we've got more to get to though, Matt. We want to talk about we do gambling on the Super Bowl, but we also want to talk about tax refunds and how for a lot of people, their refunds are going to be smaller this year than it was last year. We'll talk about that and more right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. We're back. And before we talk about the big game, Joel, <laughs> that's twice. I guess I didn't say the Super Bowl. 
But dang it, I did it. Now again. you did it. Now you did it. <laughs> uh, it's time for our ludicrous headline of the week. This one comes from the Atlantic, and the headline reads: "My printer is extorting me." Which, let's, let's be honest, it sounds a little dramatic. <laughs> it's like the, the, your printer's got a gun to your head or something. Yeah, it's like a literal shakedown that's happening. <laughs> uh, the truth is that this author isn't alone. Printers, they look incredibly cheap when you're buying them. But the cost to keep printing for many models of printers out there is, like, that's where you're really going to be swindled. HP, for instance, Hewlett Packard, they have a subscription service for ink deliveries. And if you don't pay up, they can remotely disable your printer. Literally, Ooh. they can brick it, which is quite diabolical. So, first of all, heads up, you know, think about the cost of ink before you buy a printer. So specifically, Brother Inkvestment and Epson Ecotank, they're actually companies or models that are worth looking into in the way that they are selling their ink. Yes, you will pay more up front, but you aren't going to get robbed on a continual basis moving forward, you know, on a monthly basis. Again, going back to subscriptions and increasing costs there. All these different companies, they want a piece, they want that IV drip yeah. of revenue coming in that they can count on. Which I get, and I get that we, we want to try to avoid that business model whenever possible, but it becomes even more nefarious when they say, oh, you don't want that subscription service anymore or you didn't pay up this month? Well, even though your printer is full of ink, you can't use it. Yeah. We're going to break it remotely. And it just calls the ownership of the item into question. And I don't like <laughs> I don't like this tactic from HP. And so, yeah, I would say, Go elsewhere. Uh, HP, stop crapping on your customers. Yeah. And if yeah, if you're in the market for a new printer, get one that is going to make ink reasonably priced, like you mentioned. Matt. Well, and I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And I think what HP would say is they would say, well, it was in the user agreement, which you agreed to. But the fact is, of course, not everybody reads those dang things. Uh, uh, almost nobody does. But you know what? More people read articles over at The Atlantic. Exactly. And there are also some folks out there who listen to the How to Money podcast. And so eventually, I guess what I'm pointing out is that if companies companies are going to treat their customers poorly at some point it's going to catch up to them oh yeah oh it's going to come back to bite for sure and i hope it does because yep. the, the companies like this deserve to lose customers <laughs> they deserve to have people walk away uh, in, in favor of a company that won't treat them like trash and that won't make it seem like the item that they purchased full on that they thought they owned well eh, now we're gonna like yeah a dirty trick from you know Palo Alto or wherever HP is based and, and shut you down. That's just dirty. But um, let's talk about gambling for a second, Matt. That's another something else I'm, I'm not a huge fan of. But specifically within the duper goal. Yes. I, hey, did, so I, did, not, I didn't say it that time. There's a lot of like speculation <laughs> over whether or not you can be sued for actually saying Super Bowl. I don't know. We're gonna. No, I said duper goal. I know you did. But I'm gonna say the actual <laughs> thing and just tell the NFL to bring it. But um, yeah, at least we're not gonna have to sit, sit through crypto ads uh, for the Super Bowl this year. I will yeah, say that is true. That's a bright, a bright spot. But uh, one thing is that sports betting is going to be huge this weekend, which just isn't great, if we're being honest. And over 50 million Americans, apparently, are expected to wager $16 billion on the Super Bowl, which is more than double what was spent uh, in gambling for last year's game. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just because people are more excited about the matchup. I don't think so. I think it's just because of how popular uh, these these sports gambling apps have become. It's become legal in more places, and it's just becoming more normalized in our culture. But gambling, it's not just a big waste of money for folks. It's increasingly becoming an addiction for lots of people, too. And so th the truth is, Matt, like when we talk about gambling, the house always wins. But these commercials, make it sh it makes it seem like it's fun to, to play. And I've been to a casino a few times in my life, probably not the wisest move for someone who wants to save money. But 
I will say when it becomes like when it's right at our fingertips and when all the commercials are touting how fun it is and they're offering us, you know, free money to get started. Well, it sure seems like it's a good idea. But uh, the reality is don't wager your hard earned dollars in these apps because over time, the result is likely to be poor for you. I mean, like you said, you've been to a casino. I've never been a, been to a casino, but that's just because I don't know why. Like, I just haven't. Like, yeah. I want to go at some point and experience the joy of <laughs> of losing my money. It's not necessarily joy. Uh. <laughs> but I guess what we're pointing out is that I'm personally down with folks losing their money by gambling, by betting it if they want to. But specifically, I think the the difference here is that with these gambling apps being on your phone, there are normal constraints that we normally, that someone normally experiences when they go to gamble in real life, right? Like you have to get in the car. You have to answer the question, where are you going? (laughs) (laughs) Like you have to be seen walking into an establishment like that where everyone knows that you're likely going to you know lose all your money but when you have these apps on your phone and you can gamble in secret you know like like you've got private like there's a lot of great things when it comes to the privacy that we have but when it comes to certain behaviors like this i I think that's where it can be a bad thing you can gamble without folks knowing it like you said it's just always there it's like constantly present and that's the aspect of it that feels really pervasive and pernicious sports yeah. gambling kind well, of feels like that a lot of young men i think it makes the, watching the games more exciting cuz you've got money on the line but it can that's part of what can lead to the addiction i think is because it makes you just kind of get more and more into that world and it's it again it's at your fingertips instead of having to drive somewhere and a, yeah a lot of people are going to get wrapped up and it's it's not only is it going to lose people money but it's going to hurt families and it's going to hurt yeah. individuals which yep. i think is a big problem for our society too. All those secondary and tertiary effects for yeah. sure. Uh, so the Super Bowl is this weekend. Don't forget though, on Tuesday, it's Valentine's Day and folks are planning to spend an average of $193 on Valentine's Day, according to surveys this year. And so is that is that good? Is that bad? Well, it probably depends on where you are with your personal finances. Uh, but one thing to consider it's certainly going to be harder to find a table and it can often be a costlier night uh, if you're looking to get out in general. So our advice, maybe take your partner out on Monday instead or Wednesday or Thursday. Frugal, not cheap. Yeah, I think it shows that like, you're being proactive, in particular if you set the stage and if they know. That <laughs> if you take them out on Thursday, to, to they that. think you just forgot. But if you take them out on Monday, they're like, oh, he, he thought ahead or she thought ahead. Or it's Friday today. So make reservations for next Thursday and make sure that that's something... Let them, just, let them know before. Yeah, you just let them know. Like, don't wait to the last minute. But actually, so on a related note, there was an interesting local story here in Atlanta about a group wedding that's happening on Valentine's Day. And the mayor of Atlanta is officiating, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, it's going to cost folks $1,000 uh, per couple, but they get a ceremony, they get dinner, some some dancing afterwards. Joel, do you have any thoughts? Any do you have an opinion on whether or not this is in particular frugal or cheap? I, th- I think it's probably frugal. I think the one reason I would say it might not be frugal is if you don't get to invite as many family and friends as you'd like to be there. I think I saw that you're allowed to invite four guests. Yeah, so which that makes, might, might not which, might even which, that might not be enough for a lot of people. Yeah, they might say. Well, if, for those folks, though, it's like, well, have an actual like a like a I almost that's said what real, I'm saying almost a real wedding. Well, that's but, what I'm like, saying is this is a real wedding. Some but. people are cheaping out by saying I'm yeah. going to go for the thousand dollar option when now a lot of people that they love and, and and care and who have supported their relationship don't get to be a part of that special day. Sure. That's when it would be cheap. But what, what if they had a what if it's just the two of them? They don't have any friends here in the city, and their parents live on the other great. side of the country. That's a wonderful way yeah, to say it. Yeah, and we've prioritized it's a way of stepping it up if you're looking at maybe doing like a courthouse wedding. Well, you and I, we've talked about how people spend too much money on weddings and it's not that you shouldn't spend anything and it's not that it's not a special day and it's not that it can't be an awesome party. I think it can be all those things, but I think you can do that 
with a reasonable budget. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go overboard. Yeah. Yeah. As long as, again, it's sort of like the movie theater thing, right? As long as people have the option, if you want to spend the money, you can get the really good seats. If you want to have the big, nice wedding, you can do that. But I, I like that there's options here uh, in order for folks to be able to save money as well. Yeah. I think this is kind of a cool thing. And I'd like to see more like group weddings so that everybody can save a little bit money, uh, a bit more money take place. But it, it's like a flash mob. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about the way people are talking about money right now, Matt. There was a new survey from Intuit, which found that Gen Z is way more likely to talk about their sex life and their mental health than what's going on with their money. And at the same time, though, I found this really interesting. 69% of those folks that were surveyed, they said they wish it was a topic that came up more. So they want to be talking about money, but they're not actually doing it. And so it's also true, based on this survey, that what they see online makes them feel inferior. And and it, it makes them feel like behind when it comes to the financial progress they're making, which gives me two thoughts. First, yes, comparison is going to mess you up on the financial front, right? It's it's just impossible to see your friends if they're building wealth. Like wealth is created and generated behind the scenes and you are never really able to know what's the 401k balance of my friend. Are they maxing out their Roth this year? That's something that's hard to see, but it's easy to see spending, right? Uh, e- even if they're going in debt to do so and you don't realize that, it's just easy to see the lifestyle they're leading and so it's hard to connect the two. Second, if you want money combos to happen, be the catalyst. You be the person that starts them because it sounds yep. like seven out of 10 Gen Zers want to have those conversations, but maybe they're just too nervous to get them started. Yeah. And there are different easy ways to wade into those conversations without making it super awkward, right? Without asking how much your friend makes or, you know, how much debt you got going on there. <laughs> um, and it, again, it sure sounds like folks want these conversations to happen. Everyone is going to benefit when we bring money conversations out into the open. And so what we would recommend is to volunteer an opinion when you're out with your friends. Uh, maybe bring up a story about you know prices going up and ask how they're planning to adjust their spending in, in order to not totally blow their budget. Do you even have a budget? How do yeah. you track your, your expenses? And it's also important to mention that talking about money, it can actually be a good thing because it can help curb financial infidelity. Uh, apparently, almost a third of Americans have had a partner open up a secret credit card or lie about some income or make some secret purchases that their significant other did not know about. Talking about money is not like a foolproof way to prevent these things from happening, but I definitely think that they can help, right? If your partner feels understood, if they feel seen, then I think there's going to be a higher chance of y'all having conversations, proactive or positive uplifting conversations about money as opposed to, again, secret things happening that your partner doesn't know about. I think if your your partner feels understood, if they feel seen, they're going to be less likely to do things that could ultimately damage y'all's relationship. Yeah. And, and just, it doesn't need to be a taboo. Again, most people want to have these conversations. They just don't know how to get them started. And if you get them started, I bet they're actually going to be like kind of relieved because <laughs> like I was kind of hoping to talk about this. And money is one of those things. It's one of those subjects that impacts all of us every single day. And there's ways, like you said, Matt, to talk about it without being a complete weirdo. Uh, just, yeah, get a conversation started in like a super chill way. And you might find that the response is great. And that actually you have a, a really interesting conversation where you're able to help each other out. Maybe one of your friends knows a whole lot more than you thought they did, or maybe they actually need your help. And so I think it can be a great way to like build a friendship, Mm -hmm. not just to be 
inquisitive for the sake of it. Um, I, I think, yeah, we, it just needs to be a subject that we talk about more as much as we talk about our sex lives and our mental hangups too. But let's uh, talk about taxes for just a second, Matt. There was another survey that we saw this week and it found that lots of folks are relying on their upcoming tax refund just to get by. That's not good. If you absolutely need your tax refund in order to pay bills, that's just, that's a really bad sign, right? That means that you're not in the kind of financial place we want you to be in. And we actually have a a new article up on the site that we're going to link to in the show notes about how to use your tax refund well. The, The tax refund, it's often the biggest windfall that most people receive in a given year. So we would say use it wisely. For instance, like paying off high interest rate debt or juicing your emergency fund. Those are two of our favorite routes for you to take with that money. A lot of people want to get that vacation or something like that with uh, put a few thousand dollars of that tax refund towards something fun. Or, But we, yeah, the, the reality is it's the best way to get jump started on some of those bigger financial goals. Uh, and also don't bank on as big of a refund like last year's. Most folks uh, are likely going to have a smaller refund. That's largely because of uh, the, some of the different expiring pandemic relief measures, uh, the child tax credit that went away. So keep that in mind. And if you also, if you want to get your refund sooner, make sure that you file online and opt for direct deposit. We know that most How to Money listeners out there are already doing this, but you're going to be waiting a whole lot longer if you send in a physical paper return uh, or if you request a check from the government. So keep that in mind. Personally, I'm afraid that I'm actually going to be owing money this year <laughs> for some weird financial things from, from this past year. So I've got some additional money set aside to pay some potential taxes. It's all those gambling profits you made. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> from betting on random sports teams. I see. My precious. <laughs> we'll talk about it later, Matt, okay? I guess if you're consistently coming out on top, maybe you should be gaming. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess. If you if you had the so foresight like, <laughs> somehow, if you, if you had like a sixth sense or something about you know sports games and the outcome, maybe, maybe so then. But all right, that's going to do it for this episode. For folks who want show notes and links to some of the, the stuff we mentioned in this episode, you can find those up on our website at howtomoney.com. You can also sign up for our newsletter at howtomoney.com slash newsletter. New, improved, now with a glorious referral system that allows you to earn free how to money swag like the coveted how to money socks so check that out make it happen that's right man so that's going to be it for this episode until next time best friends out best friends out Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.